what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. This is our ongoing podcast show about the world of customer service, how to deliver exceptional customer service to your clients, your customers, coworkers even, and also how to build a, a sense of customer service within the culture of your organization. We've been doing this podcast for quite a while now, several years, and each month get together and talk about one topic in particular as it relates to the world of customer service with some advice and best practices on things that your organization may want to continue or continue doing or try doing to help improve that culture. My name is Alan Jackson. I'm the Chief Customer Officer with Biveris Incorporated uh, that handles patient and employee customer satisfaction surveying for a lot of organizations in the healthcare field. And with me is Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions uh, that specializes in working with organizations on developing really exactly what we're talking about in this podcast, that higher level culture of customer service. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alan. How's it going for you? It's going really well, really well. So glad to have you here as always. This is always a good time to get together and swap some stories, talk a little bit about customer service. And I do have to tell you, Ed, before we get into our topic, so... My son, I think you mentioned this about your maybe one of your children too, where they've kind of gotten indoctrinated a little bit that whenever we go places, they're quicker yes. to pick up on is this good customer service or not that I'm getting here. I have to tell you, my 14 year old son, I now is is now full bore into it. So anywhere we go, he is the he is the first one to point out. It's like, wow, that was really good what they just did. Or oh, boy, good. that was a that was not good. I wish they would have done that handled that differently. So. um it can make for a fun time when you go out to dinner with the family, uh-huh. or it could make for a really uh, d- depressing time <laughs> when you have <laughs> the 14-year-old version of yourself sitting there pointing out everything going wrong in the yeah. experience. So um, it's fun, though. So I think this show has a, has a lot to do with building up that mentality with our kids as well. So. So, so does he do binge listening of stepping up service every weekend? <laughs> yes, yes. He's a binge yes. listener. He'll wait a few couple months and then just kind of pile them all in at one time. Excellent. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a big fan, big fan of the show. Good. So, Good. Well, speaking of that and telling stories and kind of talking through experiences, my understanding of what we're going to do today, Ed, is that you've got a story to tell. Is that right? Yes, I do. Okay. Now, if, you, if, if our keen listeners remember, I think about three or four episodes ago, I had a whole episode where I did nothing but rant about one story in particular. Now, is yes. that going to be, is this your time to do that now? Is that kind of where we're going with this? Uh, yes, pretty much. I don't think I'm going to get as emotional and distraught <laughs> and curling up into the fetal position as you did a few months back. But yes, this will be my version of a uh, customer service horror story. So, uh, Right, yes. I'm, I'm still recovering from the... Uh, the the outlash I gave uh, on that story a few months ago, and uh, yes, so I, I'm glad to hear yours are maybe a little more a little bit more tempered, a little bit more structured. So of course, that's of course. good. So yes. you want to tell us this story, and then maybe what we'll do is uh, maybe uh, later on in the episode kind of pick it apart a little bit and talk about what 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 about your story kind of led to the things going wrong or right or wherever your story is going to tell take take us. Okay, okay, yeah, sounds great. Yeah, um, well, let's do that, and then also just remember. Before we close out the show, you and I are both going to share. Normally, we'd both share stories. Now, Ed, this may be your story. Do you want this to be your story for the month? Or do you have another one to share with us as well? 
this is a good story, so let's leave it at this for me. So you can just end the show with your story if you like. I will do that. I have a story okay. to share, and what I'll do is I'm, I've got a couple to choose from, so I'm actually going to wait and see where your story goes tone-wise to decide if I want to have one as a nice balance against it. So I have a couple to choose from this month. So, okay, that sounds great. So we'll close out the episode with our customer service story of the month, as we always do. And just as a reminder, before we get into this discussion, you are listening to this podcast on TheMesh.TV. That is an online podcast network of shows that are available to you for free at any time. You can go and listen to the episodes online, or you can uh, set up a subscription and actually have those episodes downloaded to your mobile device or laptop or tablet at any time whenever a new episode is available. Stepping Up Service is just one of the shows on the network. We have several others as well, ranging from other business podcasts to education. We have sports shows. We have a new fantasy football show that just started up for this season. So a lot of great options to listen to. We do encourage you to visit TheMesh.TV. That's T-H-E-M-E-S-H.TV to check out all the different podcast offerings that we have available. All right, so Ed, I'm going to turn the, turn the mic over to you for a moment, and why don't you tell us this story? I understand we're kind of titling this story Connecting the Dots, so I'm kind of anxious to hear where your story goes in, 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 with regards to that title. Okay, and just to, so people can listen uh, and really try to relate this title to what I'm talking about, uh, this is the story of my experience working with a cable, internet, telephone company. Oh, boy. Uh, so uh, when you're talking about connecting the dots, uh, think about within this business, where did they connect the dots with each other and where didn't they connect the dots? So that's okay. a way to kind of listen to this through through what lens do you see this story? So uh, my family and I converted our phone and our internet to a certain provider about five years ago, um, but we were not able to convert our cable over. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow, how this particular provider has set up their cable, uh, they have a certain range that your house has to be within uh, in order to get access to the cable. Um, our next-door neighbor, who we share a driveway with, was within range, and they got cable through this this vendor. We, whose uh, house is maybe 12 feet from our neighbor's house, uh, could not get access. Really? Uh, but, hmm. yes. So we literally have our internet and our phone through this one provider, provider A. We still have cable through provider B. We can't stand provider B. Horrible (laughs) customer service for years. Uh, And you might ask, well, why why don't you just get rid of cable? Um, Essentially, uh, the alternative for us is an antenna. And during rainstorms, not real good reception that you get. So basically, we have the most basic cable you can get. Yes, with some companies, you can still get essentially a whole slew of PBS stations and your local NBC, ABC, Fox, CBS affiliate. So that's yes. what we have. Okay. So we've been trying to get cable through this new company for years, but we're not within the range. So uh, a couple months ago, uh, there was a door-to-door sales representative from this company we've been trying to get cable from. Uh, I was not at home at the time. My wife was. Uh, so he and my wife talked. She explained that we've been trying to get cable through them for years. Uh, she calls me at work and says, Ed, believe it or not, we can now get cable. We're now within range. Okay. I was like, fantastic. Uh, she she asked if we could go ahead and set it up. And I said, well, you know, I, I, I'd rather us talk about it a little bit, see what kind of packages they have. Could this sales rep leave you leave you some information, give us the pricing, let us know what we need to do to plug in the order if we decide to go? She said, yes. Uh, so I got home late that night. 
got home about eight o'clock and there was a strange car in my driveway. Mm-hmm. And when I walked into the house, well, it wasn't strange like a Yugo. It just was not <laughs> one of our family cars. Just to kind it's of clarify, unknown that. to you, car, not a strange An vehicle to me. model of a car. Not, right? <laughs> got it. Right. Not not a DeLorean. Not a you know nothing <laughs> odd. Just. Not a family car. Yes. So walked into the house and the sales rep was there. He had left, but he came back and he was working on paperwork. Well, oh, first man. of all, I didn't know why he had come back, um, but he did come back and he was working on paperwork. So um, my wife said, yes, he, he he thinks he can get us set up. He asked if he could come back tonight. And so I said, OK. So about eight o'clock at night, I walk into the house. He's sitting on our couch and he's working on some paperwork. Uh, and he said, uh, just so I make sure, you know, I, I give you information on the right package. How much do you currently pay? And we said, mm-hmm. we pay $25 a month. Mm-hmm. And he said, you pay $25 a month or 125. <laughs> no, we pay $25 a month. And mm-hmm. I guess he doesn't get too many requests for cable for, uh, $25 a month. Sure. Uh, or at least that's where we were currently. But we, I may explain, we just have the most basic package mm-hmm. just so we get good reception. You know, we'd be open to looking at other packages so he gets on the phone with his main office to convert, confirm that he could set us up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned that they have two different options for, for cable. Mm-hmm. One is a satellite, which we do not want. We right. do not want. That's what we haven't had for years. And the other is more of a, you know, typical cable that runs into your house. We said we definitely want the cable. We definitely do not want satellite. So he gets on the phone with his office for about an hour is trying to confirm Yes, we can get that cable, which he had told us earlier we could, mm-hmm. uh, trying to confirm what the price packages were. And finally, at nine o'clock, he hangs up and says, you know, this is going to take a while. I think I'm just going to leave uh, and, you know, make sure I don't take up any more of your time this evening, you know, talking to our reps on the phone to make sure we can get this all, you know, set up and right. the, the way you would want it. And we said, OK, we appreciate that. Um, so. I asked him to send us some pricing via mm-hmm. email. Mm-hmm. So I gave him my email address and said, send us pricing via email. Uh, and that way we'll know what different options to look at. So this was day one of the experience. So far, nice guy, okay experience. Second visit, which we weren't expecting. Uh, in our house after nine at night, couldn't get the, uh, couldn't get the order uh, at least the, the price quote set up for us. Couldn't really confirm we could get the service, but he was working really hard, so we appreciated the effort. Like just for clarification, if I can just yes. so I make sure I understand. So he came back. He asked to come back later that evening. Yes. Kind of, you know, not a late hour. I mean, I know you, Ed, you're up all hours. You, you know, you, you have <laughs> yes. the wild party, crazy <laughs> life you lead. Um, but eight, eight o'clock at night, you know, still a kind of reasonably late hour for, for business time. But, but he was still on the phone trying to work out confirming that you guys could get the service. Is that is right. what you're saying? Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Please continue. That's good. I just wanted to okay. clarify. Next morning. Yes. Uh, we got a voicemail at home uh-huh. and it was uh, asking, uh, it was a call saying, uh, hi, my name's Mary. Uh, I'm here to schedule your installation. Okay. And we're going, okay, wh- why is she calling to schedule an installation? We haven't even gotten a quote. Mm-hmm. We didn't put in an order. Mm-hmm. This is confusing, but she did leave a voice uh, mail with a toll free number and an extension. So I called back the toll-free number, I pressed the extension, got her voicemail, same person, and I left a voicemail, and I basically explained, 
Uh, we haven't even gotten a quote yet. We haven't decided to do this yet, and y'all are calling us to install. So there's probably a little bit of miscommunication going on. Um, so-and-so, the gentleman who was here twice yesterday, is going to email me something to take a look at and consider. Mm-hmm. Left the voicemail. Mm-hmm. That afternoon, I got a call from another lady, same company. Um, hey, I am calling to schedule an install. And wow. this time I was at home and I picked up. So I got the call and I explained, hey, I got a call like this this morning. I left a voicemail. Did you get that voicemail? No, we didn't. Uh, I talked to a gentleman yesterday. I said, we don't want the order. We're still looking for a quote and we're still looking for confirmation. You can actually provide this service without satellite. Um, You know, do you have this quote? Can you provide it without satellite? I don't know, sir. I'm very sorry. We'll go ahead and cancel the install order and we'll get that information right out to you. Mm hmm. Okay. okay. Pause. That's the end of the the second set of interactions with this company. Uh, any clarifying questions you have on that? Before so so, you go far, to- so far, you've, so far, you've spoken to three different individuals. Is that correct? Three different individuals in four different conversations. Yes. Four different conversations. The the one guy came by twice, and right. then you've had two different phone calls from two different individuals about this this phantom installation process. Correct. Okay. Good. I'm still with All you. Right. I'm following along. My blood, Next. Has, my blood has not started boiling yet, so please continue. So. Okay, yes, we're just building to the boil. We're at 200 and, uh, what, 11 degrees. We're about to hit 212. We're getting there. You know, okay. I'm, I'm getting a little twitchy, a little bit thinking about this, but that's okay. Keep going. So, Next morning, I'm in my office. It is about uh, 8.30, 8.35. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get into my office a little bit late that, that morning for me, uh, and I get an email from this vendor. It was sent at 7.33 that morning. Mm -hmm. It said the technician is going to be at your house between 9 and 10 o'clock today to install. Oh, boy. So I'm sitting here thinking I haven't even seen a bid. Mm -hmm. They're sending somebody out to install this in 25 minutes at my house. (laughs) And the kicker on the email, it says, if we want to reschedule, we are required to give them 48 hours notice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so well let's hop in our time machine and go back in yes. time and figure out how to do that right yes so i have to give them 48 hours notice but i was given less than two hours notice that the tech was coming out to install an order that i didn't even request and hadn't yet seen so i immediately called them again and they said the order was in the system i said i hadn't even seen the offer let alone put in an order and I hadn't even seen any semblance of an offer until I got the email. So they described it to me. They they described it to me and they said, for the first two years, uh, this is the price. And it was $60 more than what we're paying currently, mm-hmm. which, you know, it w- was kind of interesting. And it included satellite, oh which boy. we didn't want. Oh, boy. Uh, so essentially, they were saying, somebody's going to be at your house in now less than 20 minutes. They're going to install a giant dish on the top of my house, which I didn't want. And they're going to charge me $60 more. I won't even get into the installation charges, which were over $100 uh, for this as well. So needless to say, I canceled the order and I said, I don't want any more communications. I don't want to see a quote. Don't want to see an order. Don't want to see anything about install. Cancel everything. And I don't want to hear from you all again. Wow. (sighs) Okay. 
I got to the the, the blood boiling part there. So, so we got the extra one degree. Yeah, yeah, no, it yeah. got there. So, That's so, so if you if you had not checked your email that morning, oh, interesting question. If you had not checked your email, yeah. is this to yeah. assume that you would have come home that end of that day to see a satellite dish sitting up on your roof? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and a bill sitting in your mailbox probably for the installation fees. So, and at no point did you get, you got any cost until this last phone call, which is where you severed all the communications. Exactly. Yep. So, uh, essentially, yes, I would have come home giant dish on my roof, uh, probably an overactive dog barking and a wife with a very red face who's not real happy with me at this point, unless she wanted a dish, which I don't think she ever wanted any kind of gigantic radar sitting on top of our house. And I didn't either. So, yes, if, if it wasn't for uh, literally me checking that email and immediately calling, I have no idea what they would have done at that point. You know, yeah, that's it's a frustrating situation. I guarantee you people listening to this podcast a lot of them can equate to something very similar they've gone through themselves with mm-hmm. some form of vendor. And it's, it's, it, and I understand why now you're, you're titling this talk, this episode, this connecting the dots, because yes. it sounds like there's a lot of opportunities we can dig into and talk about exactly what went wrong there. And again, I think this is something that a lot of people have experienced with a lot of different companies and different industries and different services. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of the symptoms that we're going to talk about are probably pretty similar between organizations of what causes oh, yes. situations to happen. So yeah. if it's okay with you, let's take a quick break. Sure. When we come back. Let's really just pick this apart and figure out what exactly went wrong. What were the, what were the, 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 what were the danger points on this whole situation and what could have been done to make you a happier camper, your wife a happier camper, and me not get so frustrated hearing it. All those things. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dissect Ed's story and find out how to connect the dots to make this kind of thing not happen for ourselves or our organizations in the future. You're listening to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Alan. I'm Chris. And we're the co-host of Foot Candle Films, a movie review and film discussion show here on TheMesh.TV. Each episode, we talk about some new movies, cover some film news, and have some recommendations. And trust us, we're just as likely to talk about the latest Jim Jarmusch film as we are the newest Transformers installment. Hold on, don't get too crazy. Uh, well, okay, maybe not that bad. But you can find our show and all our episodes on TheMesh.TV. Plus, you can subscribe to get new episodes delivered right to your computer or mobile device. We'll see you in the ticket line. Welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on the Mesh.tv. Again, my name is Alan Jackson. I'm with Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. And we just heard Ed's story about working with a, a telecom company to be to remain unnamed. Uh, we do we tr- do try in this show to protect company names, but you know, the thing is that these stories, these examples that we hear about when we talk about bad situations with customer customer service, I guarantee you many of you listening to this probably encountered a very similar situation in the past in a wide variety of different industries and service groups and professional organizations. So what we're going to do in a moment is we're going to kind of go back through and Ed's going to walk us through some of the conclusion points, some of the key points out of this whole di- uh, this whole situation that we can really help you see how this happened or why this might have happened, what could have been done to try to fix it, and how do we just make sure that these things don't happen with our own organizations as we're constantly auditing ourselves. 
Uh, Ed's company, by the way, I, I, just to give a little bit more information there, because I think it's a great resource for anybody who wants to learn more about customer service or building a stronger culture of customer service at your organization. The company that Ed's with is Customer Service Solutions. And you can find more information about them at CSSAmerica.com. All one word, CSSAmerica spelled out. Dot com, and I just I, I have to kind of talk about the website because I just I like going to the website and seeing all the blog posts that are up there, signing up for the email newsletter. There's a lot of great content on that site just about this idea of customer service at an organization. Um, so I do encourage everybody to go to the website, sign up for the email newsletter, read some of the blog posts, and if there's something that uh, Ed's company can help you out with or talk with you about with your organization, there's a lot of easy ways to get a hold of them online as well. So, Ed, with that, you've given us your story. Why don't you kind of talk us through what were some of the, the key conclusion points you pulled out of there? I made some notes, too, some things I kind of want to express as well, but I'm sure we're going to be pretty much in tandem on a lot of those. So why don't you go ahead and start sure. us off? Sure. We're going to go day by day. So let's, yeah. let's start with the uh, day where the person came on site, came to our house. So remember, he was there, knocked on the door, cold call, uh, tough thing for anybody to do established a good rapport, said he could do something. We asked him to leave and, and uh, you know, send us some information. He came back. Um, and then while he was back, he was on the phone for an hour mm-hmm. uh, with others in his organization. And he wasn't able to get uh, some basic answers. He wasn't able to leave us pricing. Um, he wasn't able to tell us what they could and couldn't do system-wise. Uh, so we basically asked him to send us a quote via email the next day. Mm-hmm. So um, where are the the issues with either just the customer experience as a whole? Mm-hmm. Do you have any questions about that or, or theories or well, maybe on where dots weren't being connected early on? Well, I guess the first question I've, I have, and this is more of a personal preference thing. I, mm-hmm. How do you feel about the whole just stopping by your house and knocking on the door. I agree. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gutsy thing these days to kind of do that cold call in person. How do you feel as a, as a customer though, about that happening, you know, at your, at your house kind of, you know, on the, on uh, at your home schedule. Yeah. I, I don't like it. Um, but my wife is okay with it. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. you know, in certain circumstances, you know, time of day, she's very social. You know, if the person looks credible, you know, she'll, she'll, you know, enjoy chatting with them. I'm not overly comfortable with people just coming to my door. So, um, so that, that's, you know, they're taking a risk in doing that, but you know, anybody's taking a risk when they reach out to you to try to sell you something that they might do it in a way you don't like. What what what's your thoughts on that? Well, I'm not a big fan of it either, just because I feel like it's, uh, it's the most intrusive kind of communication you can make. You Mm -hmm. know, I know that, you can call somebody on the phone, but that would they still have the option of answering the phone or not? You right. know, when somebody comes to your door, it's really hard to choose not to open that door, especially if you're like me and we've got dogs on the inside. The dogs are going crazy. Yeah. They, exactly. they know people are inside. They can see the cars in the driveway. It's a little tougher to, to not answer the door without really just being kind of, you know, a little offensive about it in a way. So I don't, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the stopping by the homes. I mean, we have so many forms of communication available these days to reach people that are yes. more conducive to people's schedules than just stopping by at their house. So that, when you mentioned that, that was my first little slight red flag. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm liking that. But um, I guess it is kind of balanced out, though, if the person is very professional, 
easy to work with and seems very you know service minded with their approach. I, I guess it could be okay, but I personally am like I don't care for that approach myself. Yeah, and if we look through it from the perspective of connecting the dots, uh, it would have made more sense for them to send an email, either requesting, yeah. seeing if if we would like somebody to stop by, and or just giving us a heads up. Somebody's going to be mm-hmm. in your neighborhood this week. Um, Just so you know to expect them, because at that point, uh, that gives some credibility to the gentleman when he comes to the door. People don't think that he's necessarily there to just try to steal something or whatever that you're expecting him. So when you see it, it puts your coworker in a better position. So if the organization is really thinking, how can we make this successful for the people who do have to go to the door? You know, let's either try to set appointments for them or at least give the customers in that area, a little heads up, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that is going to be the, um, that's going to be what's happening. The other point is I didn't deal with this gentleman when he first came to the door, but I, I've uh, dealt with one gentleman from the same company about four years ago and they did the same thing. And he didn't know what services we already had with his company. Mm-hmm. So they obviously did not communicate well with others in the organization. They obviously just gave whoever this rep is who's going door to door, a territory and said, go door to door, find out what they have. And if they don't have all of our services, try to sell. Mm-hmm. It would have been much more professional for the uh, the folks who manage the CRM systems and all of those customer based systems to, to be a, a little bit more intentional about telling them this is the address. Th- these are the services this person provide has already. So it helps that uh, sales rep to go in much more educated Mm-hmm. Uh, they can tailor their approach better. Um, it just puts that person in a better position to succeed as well. So that's well, another connecting the dot issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and plus two, it sounds like, and again, I'm just focusing on this first day. Sounds like for him to come to your door and say, we can provide this service to you. Yes. And you know, for years, you've been struggling with trying to get that service there because of the physical limitation with the, the cable, where the cable is right. um, to say that, but then not really know that a hundred percent that they can do it because obviously they got into the conversation later and it sounds like there was more of a challenge in doing it. Yes. That's, that's a frustration point for me is like, if you're going to make the time to come and communicate to me and tell me we can provide the service, I would have hoped there was already some research done to ensure that yes, this can be done Mm -hmm. as opposed to basically saying, yes, we can do it because maybe that's what your script says is you say to anybody in this part of town, we can provide the service but then you get into it and realize that there are actually maybe some obstacles keeping you from actually giving it to them. Right. Yeah, that's a disconnect a lot of organizations have between sales and customer service or sales and delivery or sales and operations is sometimes sales reps are doing, saying what they need to do to sell when they don't really have a strong concept mm-hmm. of what delivery looks like and what are some of those requirements to actually deliver on what he is promising or she is promising. We've run into that a lot with our pro sports organizations, you're trying to sell season tickets, you sell them as a salesperson, but the service person has to say, actually, you don't get access to that particular program or that part of the arena or that particular benefit. And it puts that service rep, that person delivering in an awkward position. And that could have been a case here as well. He was just told, this is how you sell, uh, but he wasn't necessarily told, hey, we need to make sure we're very clear on what we can deliver before we say, yes, we can sell A, B, or C to that particular customer. And I'm sure that a lot of these sales organizations, I mean, you're playing, you're playing the odds. You're going to go and talk to as many sell people as you can try to sell to. 
And you know that there's a certain percentage of those that you will be able to actually take care of. And there's some that you're probably not going to be able to. Mm-hmm. What frustrates me is the fact that they play that game and they take up our time as consumers and cause frustrations without them having that 100% confidence they could help us in the first place. They're just playing the yes. odds, and right. I don't like being a part of that game personally as a consumer. So, Yeah, and keep that in mind when I, I do a quick summary of these conclusions because from their perspective, they're coming in, they're playing the odds, they're trying to get numbers, volume, so that they know that when they go down the a sales pipeline, they'll eventually close a certain percentage. That's what their goal is. When mm-hmm. you look at it from the customer's perspective, all of a sudden you realize, wow, there was one visit for an hour. There was a second visit for an hour. Plus, there were two calls coming in. Uh, there was one voicemail the customer had to leave. There was another call in the third. I mean, when you start looking at it from the customer's perspective, it was a horrible experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't want to get too far ahead, but that's just an example of what you said of Internally, the organization has all these metrics and goals, and they're trying to hit numbers. Um, but from the, the other perspective, who are you trying to hit the numbers with? Mm-hmm. And if you were to look at it from that perspective, your approach could be totally different. Absolutely. So so it sounds like he shows up at the house, which I'm not a big fan of. But, I mean, I guess some people don't mind that. So I'm not going to say that's a, right. that's a no-no. I'm just going to say that that's, you need to know your audience. You need to know your customer yes. group and make sure that that approach is going to be compatible with them. Right. Um, and then internally, again, make sure that if we can set our coworker up for success by giving that customer a heads up, you know, let's try to do that. Absolutely. That's working together yeah. with another department in the organization exactly. to have that communication go out and really make the sales process even more successful. So right. than, than this yeah. one was. Yeah. So he's on the phone in your living room for like an hour, which yeah. that's a whole nother pinch point for me as well. I mean, I, I get that sometimes things aren't going to go smooth with like an installation, but almost an hour on the phone in your house. I mean, to me, the more mindful way of doing this is you're in there for five minutes. And once you start to get any indication that things maybe aren't going to be able to proceed, you either take that phone call offline, leave, say, I'm going to circle back. I don't want to intrude any more than I have to, that type of thing. An hour is just a really long time to be in somebody's house without any clear resolution. Right. And if it was an install, that would be a different thing because you have a certain expectation. But if a sales rep is coming back and you didn't expect them to come back Mm -hmm. and then when they come back, you know, it's getting to be late in the evening and they're on the phone an hour and they they obviously don't know if they can do what they said they could do a few hours earlier in your house. But then you're thinking, why why am I sitting here? You know, why is this taking place? There's obviously, um, again, a disconnect between two different departments uh, a lack of understanding about whether or not this particular service could be provided. Yeah, that's a lot of, a lot of pinch points. I mean, again, you, we haven't gotten to the point in the experience where this is a complete frustration yet, right. but you're already seeing some of those, those gaps starting to be created. And the minute you said that he was on the phone for an hour in your living room, that's, that was my, that was my indication that this experience, this process is not going to end the way it was sold, it was going to start. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go to day two. Okay, sure. So uh, just as a reminder, we got two separate calls, left a voicemail uh, in between the two calls. So obviously um, there was some representative, I assume it was the onsite representative who, instead of emailing me when he had my email address, Mm -hmm. he entered an order. Yep. When I specifically said, don't enter an order. Um, Secondly, 
based on what we found out on day three, he must have entered an order with a satellite when I specifically said, don't enter an order with a satellite. We're not interested. Third thing is that uh, I did leave a voicemail back for caller one who called on day two, uh, but caller two had not heard the voicemail. Yeah. So uh, right then you're starting to um, see a lot of different issues. With the second caller, I said, do not schedule an install. And obviously somehow the install got scheduled. Yeah. So I'll just kind of pause there. Questions, observations that you have about the disconnects on day two. Well, the first thing right off the bat for me, when, when I, you receiving that first email saying that there's an install scheduled for later that day, or, 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 or confirming a schedule. It was, it was confirming an install for when, when was it going to try to install? Are you talking about on day three? This is day two. I'm sorry. Email? No, oh, day two is the phone call. That's right. I'm sorry. Day two is the phone, phone call. Yeah. All right. So what that phone call would, would trigger to me, and this is me just maybe being a little more pessimistic about it is I would, I'm wondering to myself, wait a minute, did the guy last night that came over to try to sell just trying to pull a fast one and hope that we're not going to like really question it. And just because this is a service we want, he just said, you know what, let me just go ahead and place the order for what we can do. And we're just going to go and get it out there. And maybe they won't, maybe they won't complain too much about it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. almost the impression I got. I'm not saying that's necessarily what he was doing. It could have been truly that he hit a button somewhere on his system that said, go ahead and schedule this. And he didn't really mean to, or, mm-hmm. Uh, or he was wanting to go ahead and get you guys on the schedule with the hopes that you would get it resolved by then. But I would take away, and this is, I think how a lot of people would feel is that maybe we're trying to get a little scammed on this is like, just go ahead and schedule an install, get them in there. And then we'll figure out the money that they owe us later. You know? Yes. Yeah. And maybe that was it. He was just trying to get a commission. So he put it in like that and hoped, you know, that it would go through or maybe, uh, and we're having to say a lot of maybes and make a lot of assumptions. Maybe they don't have a price quote status. Mm-hmm. If you're in the system, it's an order or it's an install, but they don't have a preliminary status of price quote. I really don't know. But the problem is if they don't tell you, yeah. if they don't do it the way you requested and they say that, yes, they can send you a quote. You know, they say, yes, we can do it the way you request. Then all of these negative ideas like you and I are talking about start popping into your mind. Yeah. Whether they're true or not, they start to create a negative perception about the organization, about the individuals that we're working with. Well, and the fact that we're talking about the money, the cost to the consumer that a service costs, at this point, you still don't have dollars in your hand. You don't have any dollars. That's just a a huge issue right there. I mean, to think somebody, to have an organization go ahead and push forward with providing you a service without you having any knowledge of what the dollar impact is going to be, that's just not not good. So it seems like to me either either this guy – rolled the dice and said, well, I'm just going to go ahead and schedule it and see if we can push it through. Or he truly found himself against a brick wall where he couldn't get a price quote to you. And somewhere because he had logged in the system that he had had a conversation with you and you were interested in signing on that triggered in their system, the next step, which is the install. Um, Yes. Whether it was intentional for him to do this or not, the system itself obviously had some missing points to it where, right his dialogue with you didn't have a good clean way of transferring into their system to allow for a price quote and to wait on that stage until it moves to the next stage of install. So. Exactly. And then the, the one little point in there and everything you said is very cor- is correct. Very accurate is why would they leave us a number to call back mm-hmm. and then not 
have people to the, the capability to access that voicemail before calling us back. Um, because we had two calls from two different people on the same day asking the same thing, uh, and they didn't check the voicemail prior to calling back. So, you know, they, their internal systems or their processes or both uh, are disconnected again. Uh, they're just yeah. not working from the customer's perspective the way they think should, they should work. Well, and the fact that you got two different calls, two different people, yes. you know, yes. and that's a, that's a real pet peeve of mine. I think when I did my rant episode a few months ago, it was the fact that I would get a phone call from somebody and spend a significant amount of time talking through an issue. And then either yes. we got disconnected or I had to get off the phone for a quick call. And for me to call back, there was no mechanism for me to call back and speak to the one individual that I need to speak to. Right. In your situation, it was they weren't checking voicemail and somebody else obviously got the, the flag on their system that I still need to call this guy and confirm a, an installation date. Right. Um, it's just the, the coordination of this. Uh, there may be some reasons the company has their system built this way, but it's just not looking at it from the customer perspective of how it comes across to them. Right. Yeah. So let's go to day three. Okay. Day sure. three when everything hit the fan. This is the yeah. extra to degree and it boiled over. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so this is where I go into my office and at about 8.30, 8.35, see an email that was sent at 7.33. And I know because I kept the email uh, that there was going to be a tech in my house as early as 9 o'clock, between 9 and 10 that morning. Uh, so obviously there was some major disconnect between the conversation I had the previous day the email in the morning, uh, the fact that they would send out an email that says uh, that I have to give them 48 hours notice and they give me an hour and 27 minutes notice between when the email was sent mm -hmm. and when the tech could be at my house, talks again about disconnect. Uh, the fact that when I talked to the rep about specifically what they were talking about installing, it included a satellite, which I had already mentioned to two different people in the organization we didn't want, um, just really put me over the edge and they lost any possibility of a sale. This was a situation where le we literally wanted yeah. this cable for years. Right. And even though they didn't have a $25 version, we wanted to, to have whatever their low end version was, which was probably 70, 80 bucks a month. We were willing to do that. But because, mm -hmm. first of all, they apparently couldn't deliver, but that they told us they could deliver, apparently couldn't. And then made so many errors because of internal disconnections uh, within their organization, miscommunications, poor systems, you know, maybe all these other points that you and I are talking about in terms of was their intent uh, to try to slip it through or not. Um, because of that, they lost a sale from a customer who literally wanted your product. Oh, yeah. But was so fed up with your process, they said no. Well, and, and you're looking back on this too. I mean, so I'm, I'm getting from day three, I'm getting the picture of, you know, either the sales guys trying to hit some sort of quota or they have some sort of metrics they're trying to hit on the number of installs they do or number of installer visits, you know, so let's just push the, through the system. Let's get it through there. Let's do it. He realized at some point or somewhere in the chain, somebody realized we cannot run a cable to these people's house. We can't yes. do it. We just, yeah. we cannot do it. And instead of going back to the client and saying, we apologize, this is not possible. The only option we have is satellite. I know you said you didn't want a satellite. Are, can we discuss that more just to make sure that's not on mm -hmm. the table? 
to do that kind of follow-up. But instead, it seemed more important to the company to get the install done regardless, which that's really the issue I see with this. Yes. So everything's being pushed through to install, even though you're not ready to install, and you still have no dollars at the point when you get that email. Mm -hmm. And then they're using a template email that they send out for all their installs that have that 48-hour notice message on it, even though in this situation they're accelerating the process to try to get it done on some sort of quick schedule, and they don't have a more customized message to reflect a shorter time frame. So as as you reading it, say, 48 hours, and it obviously looks like a real bad disconnect when they're just using their same template email they use all the time. Yes. Yeah, so boy. So million different issues. I guess the way I would summarize all these different issues yeah. uh, is they they just do not view this entire process from the customer's perspective. Mm. You know, they they don't think about how would it feel as a customer to have five different conversations with four different representatives, or at least be contacted in contact with in some form four different representatives. You tell one person one thing, it shows up differently. You tell another person one thing in the email, it shows up differently. They have these systems where you're being asked to leave a voicemail, but they don't check the voicemail. <laughs> when cancellation requests are made, they don't go through. You have emails that require 48 hours notice that you get with less than two hours notice. So if they had viewed it from the customer's perspective, they would have designed it all differently. They would have said, here are the steps in the process. And if the customer wants option A or has question B, this is how we handle that process. And then these are the points moving forward. So we're going to get into solutions here in a second. But were there any other major conclusions that you drew, broad-based conclusions, based on what this experience was? Um, Well, it's just just the the lack of coordination is my my biggest thing out of all this. It's a lack of coordination, and it appears to be a drive to push sales – as opposed to service, you know, yes. it, it seemed definitely more geared towards how quickly can we get an install on the books? Because if I get another install by the end of the month, you know, that helps me meet the quota I've got to meet. That's honestly how it just really looks. The fact yes. that it was so fast, he's there on day one. He wants to have an install set up by day three, you know, and we haven't even talked dollars yet. That just to me right. smacks of somebody trying to get something on the books as quickly as possible. Um, yep. Which is never, never good for the customer. So, so solutions. Yes. Start real high level. We already talked about this. When you're designing a process, design it or at least check it from the customer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, we have something called customer-focused process redesign. And, and basically, it is the stereotypical uh, process rework, process improvement project where you're mapping out projects and you're mm-hmm. trying to make them more efficient. But there has to be a component in there when when you say, let's take a step back and let's run different customer personas or different typical customer mm-hmm. types through this process. What does ah, it yes. look like and feel like to them? Okay. Don't implement a process purely for internal efficiencies, uh, at least if the process impacts customers. Literally walk customers through, sample customers through this process from their perspective, or better yet, even design it from the customer's perspective. Mm-hmm. If we were to design something and say, well, what is a customer need? What is a product or service to meet that need? What is the process used to deliver that product or service? Within what kind of an environment uh, do we want to have those processes and systems working? Mm-hmm. What what are the characteristics of the people who are going to be working within that environment delivering those processes? That's really designing yeah. from the customer's perspective. But if you're redesigning, still walk through the flow from the customer's perspective. Have that be a guiding principle or a maxim in all that you're doing. 
You know, Ed, that's a, that's a really great point. It's almost like I can see a situation where this company was plotting out this whole how this process was going to work. And maybe they were thinking to some degree, oh, this is going to be great for the customer. We have somebody show up at their door and they can quickly as, as ascertain what they can do for them. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to quickly move them into install. So there's the customer's not going to have any downtime. It's going to be a quick three to four day process. We can show up on site. We can schedule the install that night and be really done. That mm-hmm. may have been what they designed, but then they didn't do what you were just describing, which is really looking at different scenarios like your scenario. They mm-hmm. show up and it turns out you can't get a cable run and you don't want a satellite. Mm-hmm. It did, it's almost like their flow chart didn't have that branch yes. in there to say, yes. what do we do in that situation? The only branch yes. they had was schedule the install. <laughs> you know, yes, it's like, exactly. that was it. Just schedule the install. Don't worry about those other yeah. points. Schedule the install. So yeah. it's almost like they designed it to be good, but it just didn't have all those other variables factored in there. That's going to happen in any situation. Yeah. If the customer does everything exactly like we want them to do. <laughs> and if the customer has their system set up exactly like we want them to do, then this process will work great. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately, the, the, the customer is not part of your script. Mm-hmm. Like the customer is not, they're uh, actually um, saying everything you want them to say, doing everything you want them to do, having the facility or the house set up exactly how you wanted to have it mm-hmm. set up. Mm-hmm. So the customer is the variable, and then you got to make sure that your systems, your people, your processes, and those connections can roll with the variables. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. One, one kind of uh, detailed note is they really need to think about having all their staff set up on the same systems. Yes. Uh, you know, they, they definitely don't. When you have somebody coming in uh, and they're having to spend an hour on the phone with somebody and then they can't handle whatever that particular need is. In this day and age, I don't know why you would be on the phone with somebody for an hour uh, when they're probably just looking something up on a computer system. Uh, and then you have uh, phone systems that are not tied into your computer systems. Obviously, when the second person called me on day two, they obviously uh, didn't have access to, to voicemail recordings that I left for the first person prior to mm. calling me back. Yeah. And then their systems for it supposedly having been canceled. And yet the next morning I get the email saying the install's coming uh, obviously their systems are in, integrated. They don't have all people on the same systems with the kind of yeah. access that they need. You know, so in a situation like this, like you were talking about in your first, the, the first solution you mentioned about kind of this mapping the system out, mapping the process yeah. really from the customer's perspective. Right. Is this where like a, I mean, I know this is a pretty detailed, this is more than just a, a transaction at a store, but a mystery shopper type of situation, would that still be something that would work here to have a consumer actually go oh, go yeah. through uh, this scenario from a, a, you know, to be kind of watching this scenario from a customer viewpoint and really making notes of where things happen or don't happen right? Yeah, that that's an excellent example. We we recommend this from for a lot of organizations. If they're piloting a process, yes, mm-hmm. get a mystery shop. If it's if there's not really the pilot opportunity, it's a lot on paper or it's something where you can't go out to the customer. Uh, you can still bring in a focus group. You can still bring in other people from your organization who know nothing about this particular product and service and test it. Yeah. Bring in people who are cold mm-hmm. and from the start, you know, they let them answer the questions uh, the way that they would answer the questions. Just like uh, I was uh, working with. Uh, somebody in my office here who wasn't familiar at all with this survey that our company was designing. So I brought mm-hmm. him in here 
and I tested this telephone survey with them, even though they didn't know anything about the survey at all. Mm -hmm. And it's because they're not going to follow a script. Right. Uh, because customers aren't going to follow a script. So you want people to throw you some curveballs and to see how the process uh, gets modified based on what did or didn't work when those curveballs were thrown. That's, that's um, good. The last set of solutions really relates to some of what you talked about with mapping out the process. Mm -hmm. uh, and we can look at this from two different perspectives. One is how do I map out the process in such a way that the customer is involved with the process? Like I don't just do a quote, but I send the quote to the customer. I don't just cancel the order, but I send the order cancellation notice to the customer. I don't just uh, order something, but I make sure that the customer gets the order confirmation as well. So mm -hmm. there's a difference between doing and communicating with the customer what you did. And it's always good to err on the side of over communication with mm -hmm. the customer than under. Let them know uh, what you've done, share it with them, send them a copy, continually keep them up to date. So if something is wrong, they can let you know, or if it's right, they feel informed, they feel like the process is moving around. Second perspective is really when we talk about mapping this out and looking at it from the customer's perspective, wouldn't it have been great if that first rep who was in my house could show me a form, show me a document, and it is the customer onboarding process. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Gagnon, what we're going to do is step one, we're going to find out exactly what you need, and we're going to send you a quote, and we'll get a quote uh, at that point. Then we're going to follow up with an email. If we don't get an email in three days, we'll follow up with a phone call to confirm you want this order and uh, make modifications as necessary. Then we're going to schedule the installation. Mm -hmm. And we will schedule it. So if they can map it out in a very simple way so the customer understands the journey they're about to go on, they understand what those touch points are, they have reasonable expectations, and they're not getting hit out of the blue with all these unexpected voicemails, all these unexpected emails, all these unexpected disconnected communications yeah. that can lead to a bad experience. So could it be even addressing both of the points you just made? You know, would it have been better, and I'm thinking the answer is yes, if after the gentleman left on day one, if there was something provided to you, obviously you asked for quotes and you didn't get the right. pricing, but let's say if there was even something that kind of summarized, here's where we are. We had a yes. conversation last night. I owe you this. This is where our next step is. And you kind of have that snapshot so you can verify against your assumptions as well. Once that, and let's say he still slipped up and still scheduled an install. Now let's just assume yes. maybe it was a mistake. He didn't mean yeah. to click that button to say, go ahead and schedule it. If you had gotten something in writing once that was initiated that says you are now being scheduled for an install, you know, that would have been two days, a day or two before they were going to try to do it. And it's something yes. you can respond to electronically, which is a more one-to-one. -one, it kind of has a paper yes. trail to it. You would have had that sign and you would have seen. And also that sign would have showed you, that, that order would have showed you that it was going to be satellite. So you would have known mm -hmm. a day in advance, oh, wait a minute this is wrong and we can go back and fix it or talk about yes. it further. So I think what you're saying is that there's little touch points with you yes. so that you're not just being the recipient of information they decide to dish out to you. You're actually actively involved in that sharing yes. of information along the way. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's what we want to do. We want to make it clear for the customer what that process, what that journey is going to look like, where those touch points are going to occur. So the customer is part of the process. And especially when we start talking about millennials, 
Uh, they they want that instant type of communication. They want to know what's going on. They're, they're used to the notifications. So they want to get those pings so that they know what's taking place, what's going to happen next, who do I contact, and that sort of thing. For it to go into this big vacuum and you don't know what's going to happen next or you don't know what the whole process is, and then all of a sudden these things happen that you're not expecting, it creates a negative experience. It creates a lot of follow-up calls and issues for the company. And in this case, it created a lost customer. Yeah. I mean, just you having, I mean, granted, if you had gotten a form on day two sent to you that said, oh, we've got your install scheduled and it's going to be a satellite dish installed on your house tomorrow. All right. You're still not going to be happy about getting that email. Right. But it's a lot better than you getting waiting and getting that information early morning the next morning. Right. An hour and a half before they're supposed to show up. You could have raised the red flag then and said, wait a minute, this is wrong. Not only am I not supposed to have an install, but B, it's definitely not supposed to be satellite dish. You know? Yes. So again, you could have been a little more actively involved if they let you be a part of that communication chain. Yeah. So this is my part, my version of the Allen uh, customer service rant. So this is more of a, uh, just a a bad story. And it was a lot of just total miscommunications from a multi-billion dollar company a tremendous number of miscommunications, and I think to a large extent it's because they're focused on closing sales, on individual systems, individual departments doing their job, as opposed to how do we make this a streamlined, cohesive, a wonderful experience for the customer. Well, and there's a really big difference between our two stories. The one I shared a few months ago, as frustrating as it was, at the end of the day, I still had my product. I didn't have it as quickly as I wanted, and it was frustrating getting there. Your story, you didn't get the product you wanted. That that was an easy, easy sell for this company. You wanted their product. You wanted their relationship as a vendor, and you're walking away now, and you don't have it. Um, mainly because of the way the experience happened. And that's, that's, that's a, that's a real shame. Absolutely a shame. Yeah. We had called several times over the last four or five years to see if we were quote within range Mm -hmm. and we were always told no. So we obviously wanted it. If we're proactively reaching out to see if, uh, it's available, you know, we obviously wanted it and they lost it and we're not going to be calling it again anytime soon. We'll probably just stick another antenna on our downstairs TV someday when we, uh, you know, get rid of cable. We're just so fed up with the current cable company. We'll have a set of rabbit ears down there. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's crazy that it's getting to that, but they lost their chance and, uh, you know, they're not going to get it back. Well, all that does, that whole situation, just even if you had decided to move ahead with them, you're going to be in constant scrutiny of everything they're doing. Yeah. Every bill you get, you're probably going to like go over with a fine tooth comb to make sure they didn't mess up Correct. anything. You know, the minute something goes wrong, it's going to be a bigger frustration for you than it would have been otherwise, because you're automatically thinking back to that first really, really tough situation. Oh, yeah. Boy, great point. Well, just for all the listeners out there to understand, if this is the first time you've listened to our show, we normally don't just kind of pile on and rant <laughs> about stories. We've done two episodes where it's kind of our own personal story for the whole episode. Normally we're, you know, we're talking in broader terms about a lot of best practice ideas and suggestions. Yeah. So just, I want you to think you just landed on the, the gripe podcast here that all we're going to do is, is rant and rave. Um, Unless you like gripe podcast. Then yes. <laughs> rate us five stars on iTunes and keep downloading us. We're going to keep ranting. Yes. If if the numbers go up for this episode, I say we yeah. change the show to just nothing but rants every yeah. single month. <laughs> yes, gripe world with Alan and Ed. Um, 
And that's, you know, every, at the end of every episode, we do try to come together with kind of our stories of the month, something we personally experienced. Ed just kind of spent the last 45 minutes with his story. So we're going to let him go with that as being his story for the month. My story, um, well, it's a little bit of an interesting story in that just in the last week, I've had to deal with multiple vendors. We've had to, we've been in our building here. We've been redoing some networking, some wiring, some cabling. So that requires a lot of different vendors to have to come into our building and work uh, at different times. And I've kind of had to help broker some of those communications. And here's one thing I've learned, and I don't think we've ever really talked about this as much in our show, but the idea of subcontractors that reflect your company. um, I have had to deal with three of them in the last week, and it's been a wide variety of reactions and experiences with those different subcontractors. And the subcontractors, the experience I have with them has influenced the way I feel about the parent company that handed work to them. Mm-hmm. So for example, uh, we had a telecom type company that came in to do some rewiring for us as well. And, you know, we, the, it was simple enough. We called, we scheduled the appointment. They were going to come out. They just need to rewire some things because we're reconfiguring the network a little bit in the building. And they said, okay, we'll have somebody out at your place at, uh, uh at noon on this particular day. Well, the guy showed up at 11 first off, which it was odd enough that the person was early because I'm not used to that with any of these yes. these uh, communications vendors anyway. But he showed up at 11 and still asking for us. And that was still a little bit of, okay, it's okay to be early, but an hour early meant right. that we kind of had to get ourselves drop out of a meeting, drop everything and go tend yeah. to you. Because I didn't want to go say, well, you got to leave and come back in an hour. I figured, well, if he's already here, if I tell him to go away, it may be a day or two before he can come back. Yeah. So. That's a little bit of an issue. And then the gentleman they sent, I mean, I get it. These are, these are subcontractors that you hire. You hire them to do some of the work that your company doesn't have the, the, the capability to do, like sure. installing. So the main company is not an installing company. They will hire installers to come out and do the work. This individual, and I'm not being judgmental on looks and appearance, but just was about the scruffiest looking guy that you could have sent out to a professional business uh, workplace. And again, I'm not judging that because I've worked with plenty of people and, you know, if the service is there, I don't care how they're dressed or how they look. Sure. But that was already kind of a little bit starting there. And um, the whole time he was with us, he was complaining about his company that was he was subcontracting for, complaining about how they never gave him the right information, that they don't pay him enough, that he has to eat a lot of his time on traveling because they don't comp him for that. And he wished he had known more information from them before he showed up at our place. We could have gotten things done better. Uh, just complaining nonstop. Wow. So right away, I realized he is his own separate person. He is not a full-time salaried employee of this other company. Mm-hmm. But my perception of the other company is now worse because oh, yes. of that dialogue. A, because I think, well, they're not obviously screening their people very good to be subcontractors. And B if he's telling me true things about his relationship with his company, that doesn't make me very happy either. So it was just, that was a bad experience. But in the same day, I had the exact opposite with a subcontractor. Somebody came in professional, greeted me professionally. We're there on time. They spoke very positively about the service that this company that they're representing was going to be providing to us and how they were going to have it set up and what they were going to do. And it gave me a much more positive opinion of the sub of the contracting company than, than the other. 
So I guess my whole story is more of a a reminder to those of you that have companies that do depend on other vendors or contractors to do work on your behalf Mm -hmm. is that you have a responsibility to make sure that they are also presenting themselves in a high customer service manner and representing your company positively. And you need to have some audits on that because, you know, you don't need a subcontractor bad mouthing you as a company when they're supposed to be doing work for you, you know? So it's just, my mind is more of a reminder. I I just got really exposed to that in all in one day uh, from a couple of different angles. And it's, it's really important to make sure those guys are representing you. Right. Yeah. We uh, run into that a lot with our sports clients Uh, where, You know, you'll have security staff, concession staff, merchandising staff, ushers who are not employees of the organization, but all of a sudden fans will complain, oh, you know, Team X or Track Y ha- delivers terrible experiences. You know, those parking attendants are so rude or, you know, they were cussing at us or this or that. None of them are employees. None mm-hmm. of the ones they typically complain about are employees of the track or of the arena but it makes the track or the arena look bad yeah. if it's a negative situation. So yeah, that that's that first gentleman in particular just does the exact opposite of what you would want any representative of your organization doing when they're with one of your clients. I do have to tell you that I just thought this was really funny. I mean, really it's nothing to do with customer service necessarily, but of course he, <laughs> he he's, he's out there just bad mouthing this company left and right to the point it's almost embarrassing to like sit there and have to kind of listen to him. Yeah. And then he says, well, let me call this in. I got to call in this change and find out when I can come back and do it. And when they're going to let me come back and do it, he gets on his phone. And as soon as they pick up on the line, he's like, hi, this is bill subcontractor number five. And I'm going to need to request and see if I can get a change on my installation order for this client for tomorrow. Just as nice as he can be to the person on the phone. And the second he hangs up with him, it's just like, well, it's just what I thought. They're going to make me come back another day. And I don't know what they're doing type of thing. It was just really funny that just to hear (laughs) his dialogue with his contracting company on the phone, completely different to how he's talking to me as the customer, the end customer. Um, Right. Anyway, again, it it did not give me a good sense of anything with that company. And again, it's a shame because he's not a full-time employee of that company. He, you know, he, uh, he's supposed to be representing them though. And that's just something I think sometimes it's easy to forget. Yeah. Well, I hope they do a survey of you, you know, (laughs) speaking of both your and my firms do research. I hope they do a survey of you if they truly cared about the customer experience and retention and all that sort of thing. Well, it's been a week and I haven't seen one yet, so I'm not holding my breath on that. So I I do, I know for a fact which companies do send out surveys um, pretty reliably. I know for right away, which ones I can expect to get one at from whenever I have an experience. And then I know those companies that I will never get a survey from and never get a follow-up call to see how things went. And Mm -hmm. uh, that speaks volumes about the company. It really does. Yes. All right. Well, Ed, great episode. Again, for those of you listening for the first time, we've got plenty of other episodes where we don't rant for an hour. (laughs) <laughs> or tell tell uh, tell our our sob stories, but you know the reason we do this, the reason we do cap off every episode with a story is that that's really sometimes the best way we can learn both good and bad customer service experiences. Is sometimes we have to go through them, and it gives us some insight as to what went wrong, what what's going right, and all those are things and lessons we can apply back to our own organization. Whether we're a small sole practitioner, whether we're a large corporation, whether we're a nonprofit. These are all lessons we can apply to all of our organization situations. So 
that's why Ed and I are so big on the stories at the end of every month, because sometimes you got to have that personal connection to something we can learn about the customer service world. Ed, thank you so much for not only sharing the story, but also kind of bringing us some great solutions and conclusions out of that story, too, at the end. Uh, again, they're all things that we can apply to any of our organizations for sure. We appreciate yeah, it. Enjoyed it as usual, Al. Yeah. We appreciate that. Sure. And Ed Gagnon can be found at Customer Service Solutions. That's CSSAmerica.com. I definitely encourage you to check out the website and get connected with them online. And then uh, I'm with Biveris. Uh, you can learn more about us at Biveris.com. Uh, we are a part of uh, the, the Jackson Group is a company I'm with as we are now part of the Biveris company. And we're providing patient satisfaction, employee satisfaction, community perception surveys, uh, mainly for the healthcare field, working with a few uh, fields outside of healthcare, but mostly for healthcare right now and working on delivering some great real-time patient satisfaction experience data and some great actionable data for a lot of organizations. And again, this is Stepping Up Service here on the TV, and I do encourage you to go back and check out some older episodes. We have a variety of topics we've covered over the last several years. And then uh, also while you're there, check out some of the other shows on the Mesh Network. That's T-H-E-M-E-S-H dot TV. Ed, thanks a lot. We'll look forward to talking to you next time. All right. Sounds great. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.